Monday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaverdose Podcast. And guess what? Another daily movie review, as you could tell by the little whatever down below. So I decided to, since I did Susie Week last week, that I do some movies that were released previously. And I decided to go back home. Uh, I currently live in Winnipeg, not born, but, you know, I, I, I currently call this place home. So I decided to check out a movie that was released, filmed, and also based in the town where I currently live. And the talent involved, my God. I watched Ice Road, uh, directed by jo- Jonathan Hensley and starring Liam Neeson, Amber Midfunder, who is fantastic in Legion, Lance Fishburne, Matt McCoy, R- Ray McKinnon, and Hope McCarthy, who is one one that I often look out to. Unfortunately, right now, he's two for two for bad movies this year. Actually, no, no, he's, Rafa Man was actually good. Never mind. Ignore me. So I forget my reviews because I do so many, I guess. But this movie is such a shame. Uh, the whole idea of doing the ice road trips. So what the ice road trips are is uh, when they're traveling up north, the ice, the ice is so thin and so dangerous that it's pretty much considered a suicide mission to do. And so the plot of this, and they added some extra stuff there, which was uh, some miners are stuck and they need these you know, ice truckers to come and deliver the parts day of the day. But unfortunately, because of uh, corporate assholes, uh, there is a bunch of chicanery afoot. And they also, like, I really didn't like some of the things that they added to this movie. It felt really forced. Uh, there's a whole thing with one of the characters whose brother is in the mind, so she decides to, to drive. And then you got the two main characters, which is Liam Neeson's character and his brother. And I did not like the dynamic here because uh, his Liam Neeson's brother in this movie has a disability. And the way that they presented him and that uh, kind of got to me, it was... I know, I, I just, it. when it comes to that stuff, like recently, I've really doubled down on when they do it. I, I, don't, I don't mind when they do it, but it's when they go too far and they kind of went too far with this, in my opinion, which lowers the score. And it was just adding things. And I really do feel that them ramping up the drama of all these different things ruined it. I really do think I really do think that the story that they could tell with them trying to travel, surviving against the wilderness would have been a better story than to have this whole sabotage thing. I think it was dumb, and it you know the the, the beats that they kept trying to put into this was was terrible, and I just did not like this movie. This movie uh, really tried hard to. Uh, pull on the heartstrings but there's even like terrible cgi too um there's an explosion which is the worst i've ever seen i could actually probably recreate it in my six weeks of editing training that i personally did myself by looking up articles on the internet than what some of these guys did and that is a shame and even down to some of the acting like liam neeson in this 
Like, he, honestly, he's he's really bad. He's really bad. There's some of the stuff. I don't know if it's him or if it's the script. The script, some of the stuff that is said in this script is outright awful. And the, you know, the character, like the vulnerable individual in this movie, his whole thing is that he is suffering PTSD and then he has this other thing. And the whole thing is it comes out as gibberish. And it's played up for comedy, but it's not funny. It's not funny at all. It's downright offensive and awful the way they do it. And then, you know, at the end, they expect me to like feel happy what happens or to feel sad what happens. But I just, and it's the worst because I didn't care. I didn't care at all. Like this movie is bad. This movie is not good. And it's getting a one. It's bad. It's, Liam Neeson really needs to fire whoever is giving him these options. Like, great that you're here in Winnipeg, but it's bad. And I really feel bad for the people involved because you could see that they tried, but uh, like, there's some actors in there that you can see are actually giving, like, even trying, but it's just so hokey and sometimes downright offensive. So, um, I hate to give a Winnipeg movie a one, but it's a it's a one. It's a you know screaming Lauren Avedon, you know. So uh, that is it for me. Uh, I've got to find something that is really good or something on my list that people have been telling me to watch or just that I've heard good things about because I need it. Um, yeah, especially to go from a five last last week to go to a one is soul crushing. So. Almost as soul crushing as some of the movies I watched last last week because it was very dystopian. Uh, so that, that is it for me. If you have any movies that are from your hometown that you enjoyed, uh, throw, throw a comment down in the description. And also uh, like and subscribe. I do this every every day. It's going to be a whole year. Uh, I'm still having fun. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it's a process. <laughs> so catch you guys later. Tuesday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Podcast, and we are back with another daily re- review. Caught it at the end. Now, I decided this week is pretty much me playing catch up with stuff that has been released in the past week, and I decided to check out something on the Shutter app. Now, the Shutter app is slowly but surely in my opinion, starting to be worth the price. It's already a decent price, but some of the stuff that they are releasing is really catching my eye constantly. I'm a big fan of uh, the Creepshow TV series. Uh, doesn't hold a candle to the movies, but what does, because those are super duper cult classics. Now, on to this. This is... Vicious Fun. It is a 2020 movie that was released on Shudder uh, a couple of days ago in 2021. And it is directed by Cody Callahan, starring Amber Goldfarb, Evan Marsh, Ari Millen, and many, many more. And the thing that really stood out to me when I was like, you know, do on my search was the premise. A horror film critic finds 
a support group that is dedicated to serial killers. So you already got like horror critic. I'm like, okay, I'm in. It's going to be meta. And then it was further in because of the concept. I look, one of the things is I do like when they delve into like maybe a super like serial killer, like subculture and that kind of stuff. Uh, I remember watching the following, which disappointed me because it just kind of became cult stuff rather than them teaching killers how to kill. So I got very interested checking this out. And uh, wow, it's uh, it came from nowhere. And I absolutely loved it. I really did. Uh, Ari Millen, in my opinion, I've seen him in Orphan Black. And he plays a lot of different roles in that. But in this, he is fantastic. He is very much very like Patrick Bateman in his style, uh, his presentation. This is, I believe, set in the 90s or late 80s. So it also has that neon effect. And one thing I love, uh, especially in movies or something of the ilk, is when you have the chance to really go outrageous with the different characters. Uh, I really do enjoy when they, like, take, for example, Warriors. I really like in the Warriors, all the different gangs have their own uh, gimmicks and attitudes and colors. I, that's where I think a lot of my f- enjoyment of that kind of thing comes from. And this happens here. We have a Yakuza member. We have a guy who is like paid by the government to kill people and carries on killing. We've got a Jason style killer. We've got a Patrick Bayman. We've even got a clown. Uh, the one thing I would take away from that though, is that uh, I really wish to went a bit more outlandish with the, the style. It felt like they just kind of throw things together rather than going full hog and full crazy. If you remember the movie slashers, that kind of goes more into that craziness, whereas this is a lot more held back. And even like the clown is just a dude wearing like clown stuff with his face slightly painted white and he laughs. I really wish they kind of gave him more of a clown presentation. Even the Jason guy is kind of a guy in a boiler suit with a um, like a welder's mask. I really wish they kind of played up his crazy style Maybe even throw like a bag on his head or something like that. Uh, is more than made up for with the Patrick Bateman because he even wears like the plastic, uh, like o- overalls. So, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. I really liked uh, the way they went about this. Um, the set design is a lot of fun. I really do enjoy the neon aesthetic right now. So it kind of leans into that. Even has some uh, synth for the. Uh, for the music so it pretty much ticks a lot of boxes for me like so that's where my enjoyment comes from because it's just like it's pretty much like if i wrote a movie this would be like very close to like the vision i would have because it has a lot of stuff that i generally enjoy there is things that could be improved but i really enjoy this this is a four blanks movie this is a great movie uh, I, I is is teetering on good just because of the disappointment of how some of the killers looked, and I think that is probably a budgetary issue. But like I said, a lot of vicious fun. 
and I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow where hopefully I might have some more entertaining puns for you guys. Thank you for uh, checking me out. Like, comment, subscribe. It, for comments, how about this? What is your favorite uh, serial killer gimmick? So you got Freddy with the knives. You got, you know, Jason with a hockey mask and that lot. Uh, what is your favorite gimmick? You know, do, you, do you like the clown killers? Do you like throw it down? And I will uh, make sure to re reply to you guys. And I will see you tomorrow. Wednesday. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Podcast. Here with another daily movie review. And we decided I'm going back to another short film just because... I don't know I've, I'm finding them interesting every time I check out a short film and also sometimes time is of the essence and a short movie is a good way to go and I had a playlist of short movies that I wanted to cover with this being the last one I might probably recoup a bunch of short movies for future use but right now that this is the last one that I picked out. It is Locker Room, a 2017 Australian dra drama movie directed by Greta Nash. It is a, after discovering something she was never meant to see, a 16-year-old girl begins to examine a close relationship with three boys from the school football team. And uh, from a technical aspect, this movie is really good. Uh, it's well shot. Um, the editing is tight. It really does uh, exactly what it says on the tin. And it also has a very interesting plot. I really do like the way it's pretty much a, a look at to toxic masculinity and uh, the effect that it has. And from what, from what happens, I'm going to explain. Uh, there will be a link down below if you want to check this out. But this girl who is friends with uh, three boys um, that they, they, they know each other, they talk and stuff like that. She discovers on the computer that they have a chat where they are pretty much being very derogatory to other girls in the school. And there's also a video involved that is pretty damning and it's her being portrayed because this is who they really are and her coming to grips with what does she do because you know if she gives up the friends that she made or she lets them uh carry on and i i was enjoying this as it was going on unfortunately and it is kind of the short film it doesn't really explore the outcome it it shows the before when she discovers and a little bit of the argument afterwards, but it just ends there. There's nothing really much. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the consequences, the outcome, um, more the reaction from the boys, uh, even the victim. I would have uh, liked to have seen a bit more of, but like I said, with a short movie, you kind of constrained with the time. But if you would have added an extra five minutes, maybe a few scenes of you know the boys you know, being suspended. It's kind of implied, but they don't really go go for it too much. But I would like to have seen that. And especially maybe like at the end, a small scene, maybe a time skip where the three boys don't even 
look at this girl anymore because of uh, her telling the teachers what happened. So uh, I really did enjoy it. I do think they could they could have punched it up with a bit more of a conclusion, but I can understand why they made it open-ended too, because it, oftentimes with this, it just goes on and there's never a conclusion. So I can respect that, but in a medium like movies and stuff like that, sometimes it's best to interpret what you think may happen, even if it's a realistic, you know, that they don't talk anymore and nothing else came of it. That would have been a lot interesting. Uh, I Like I said, I really enjoyed this. As for my rating, uh, it's going to get a free blanks. It was uh, really well done. I like the acting. Uh, some of the dialogue could have been better, but it is what it is. Uh, I really like these uh, young actors. It, it was really interesting and conveyed well. So I will check you guys out uh, tomorrow. Like, subscribe, and everything in between. And I'll catch you tomorrow. Thursday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Does Productions. Yes, I am changing the name. I want to expand a bit more, so I decided to change the name to something. So it's, it's like the second name change in a few months. But this one seems to be something that I'm... Just, it's just okay for now. Just okay. So... I checked out Too Late, a black comedy that came out in 2021. I believe it was last week. It is directed by D.W. Thomas and has a sleuth of names. Most of the people named in this are, in my opinion, glorified cameos. They are not very central to the plot. And there's quite a bit of misdirection. And... Um, watching this, the the premise was very interesting. It's about a woman who books at a comedy club. Well, she books at a cafe and she assists a comedy club owner for a special called Too Late. Apparently, this comedian is very well known and she is working for him. And turns out he's a monster that eats people. And... um. I really liked the premise going in. I thought it was good. I, I also liked the message behind it in that, you know, what would you do to sacrifice your integrity to become famous? And uh, I really liked it. It was very on the nose, but I did enjoy the idea behind the movie. But for this being a comedy horror, I didn't laugh much and I wasn't scared. Oftentimes you either have to have uh, one or the other, or a nice combination of both. For an example, a great, great comedy horror is stuff like Cabin in the Woods and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, stuff like that. Whereas this, um, especially for it to be about stand-up comedians, I, it wasn't very funny. There was a few things here and there that got a laugh out of me, but I... And then also the, the whole horror aspect, the, there wasn't much to it. There wasn't any suspense or anything like that. And they didn't even go over the top. And what what is such a shame is that uh, Ron Lynch, he he does a voice of Ron in Bob's Burgers, which is a show I 
uh, hold, you know, to my chest is one of my favorites. And I think he was miscast. Uh, he looks good. Like he looks the part. I just think that what, what was really failed was there was a much menace to him. Um, he, he really works as the old comedian. He really fits that angle. But when it comes time to be a monster, uh, there's nothing there. Like they, they don't even try and warp his voice to make him a lot more scary. Um, also, like I said, uh, Fred Armisen is in this, who I also enjoy, and he is barely in it. He, I swear most of his se- scenes are on green screen because he barely interacts with much of the cast. He's just He kind of steps up as just this random guy. I it really does feel like Fred Armisen in this movie is a favor to the you know whoever is behind this production more than anything. Uh, Mar- Marilyn uh, Rushkov, um, apologies on if I messed up the name. Uh, she's you know in Twenty Four as Chloe, and also in, in in my opinion what I really love, which was Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as Gail the Snail, and she's in it for a scene. That, and that's it. Um, I did enjoy the one aspect was um, the douchey comedians. They really got into the douchey comedians and made them victims. But I think they lost a track by not fully embracing the horror. I really like to see like a, a bit more violence to it. Uh, just to kind of put it over, but it, everything feels tame in my opinion. So... Uh, as for my rating, it's really teetering on a one, but it's competently made. Uh, I did enjoy the the idea behind it, so it's going to be a two. It's going to be a two just because it's it just passes. It just passes. Um, I didn't find myself checking my watch. I didn't find myself wanting to turn it off, but it it's, it just occupies space and time but it's not so bad that i regret watching it so from for me james check you guys tomorrow friday hey everybody james here from beaver Dust productions back again with another daily movie review and we have a brand spanking new movie that i just watched i watched no sort of move a steven soderbergh movie starring benicio del toro brendan frazier and don chilo and whew, what a movie. I've realized that when it comes to my movie knowledge, Steven Soderbergh is not a guy I've seen many movies of. I know of him. I know of his uh, movies. I know of his type. And I've decided I'm going straight. I'm going to check out a lot more Steven Soderbergh movies for my reviews, maybe even one or two for next week. And this was pretty good. Holy, holy, just like the ensemble cast alone. Uh, shout out Murs, uh, who was poet in Oz, who was in This Is Jimmy, who unfortunately passed away before the release. I loved his work in Oz. He's fantastic in this. Also, goddamn Bill Duke. Bill Duke is an amazing actor. You know him as uh, the other guy that's not Carl Weathers in Predator. And also in commando 
as the guy who has the hand-to-hand fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a hotel. And just like just from the cast alone, I absolutely love this. But the the story, I really did enjoy. It. Apparently, it's based on a true story. Like you know, they they've embezzled it a little bit just to kind of add a bit of extra spice. But I really enjoy this movie. The twists and the turns, the backstabbing. You name it, it happened. And I really enjoyed this movie. This was a fantastic movie. This was a breath of fresh air to watch. Uh, It's about three small-town criminals who are hired uh, by a mysterious man to hold a family hostage. And then shit goes spare, and we uh, go from there. There's also a special uh, cameo in this, which I won't mention, but it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed his involvement. And, yeah, this movie, uh, the one thing I would take away from it, I don't know if it was because I was watching this on a tablet instead of, like, a big screen, is uh, it almost felt like every time they were filming it, and this is kind of kind of kept putting me off was um you kept seeing like in wide shots it was like almost in a fish fish lens like it was like a lot of like curviness to the edge of the scenes and it was often put me off I, I think it might have been a uh directorial choice but it was just kind of throwing me off here and there but uh, I re- like I said, I really enjoyed the twists and turns. This was a fun movie to check out, and I recommend if you like your you know fifties gangster movies uh, or stuff that you know involves small time crooks facing against the odds and you know trying to escape impossible situations and somehow succeeding, definitely check this out. Uh, this is a fun movie, and I am going to give it a four blanks. Uh, it's not top you know top five like you know it's not a five blanks because in my opinion like i said with the issues here and there and uh some pacing issues in the middle i found it kept i feel like there was situations that were added to kind of felt like padding if anything but other than that it was a lot of fun and uh, just an interesting movie and I actually want to look up the actual true story about this because I had so much fun so thank you guys for uh, checking me out uh, tomorrow um, I'm there's quite a, a docket of, of new stuff I've got to see so uh, definitely going to be horror because I got a couple of horror movies on the docket for, and then Sunday I believe is uh, I'm going back to the theater again because uh, the wonderful Stardust Theater is having a movie that I want to check out, which is a, quite a bit lighthearted. And yeah, we'll go from there. I'm just going to keep uh, trolling along, uh, trying to get a hold of all these new releases because I don't have enough time in the day to watch these now, which is fantastic because, you know, with all these movies out. So catch you guys later. Saturday. Hey, everybody. James here from Does Productions. Back again with another daily movie review, and I decided to uh, start the Netflix trilogy summer event of Fear Street, a book series by Goosebumps writer R.L. Stein. Uh, each of these are going to be directed by Lee Jenick. They're based on the book Fear Street, like I said, and I know of Goosebumps. I I know of Goosebumps. I've Red Goosebumps, loved the TV show. Never heard of this. Uh, it never really came came along for me 
uh, especially being in England, for me to uh, enjoy this. But uh, watching this uh, go in with fresh eyes, it was uh, a lot of fun. And it's actually kind of surprising. I actually kind of glad that I did. And, oh, this is uh, pretty much a grown-up goosebumps, in my opinion, in that they don't shy away. They don't shy away from gore, violence. There's actually one thing that surprised me in that the characters died and that the way that they died. Like, this is very much on your typical slasher territory in tone, violence, and everything like that, which I didn't even realize R.L. Stein actually got involved in. And... I really enjoyed it. I really liked uh, the aesthetic that they did with 94. Uh, used quite a bit of music that I, even I recognized. You know, I was like nine years old when 994 happened. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm also super interested in the storyline. Um, this is kind of like a first step in the story. And I feel it's going to be extended for the rest because like, with this, it's kind of introducing the characters and now we're going to go back into the past with what happened. It also kind of reminds me of Nailbiter, if anyone remembers that comic book about a town breeding serial killers. And apparently this is uh, very similar too. And I always love a good uh, serial killer. I always love where they do uh, serial killer gimmicks where they all have their own style. And I really like the killers in this from the jealous boyfriend in a school mask to uh, a woman singing, singing songs and just being violent, even down to your typical hillbilly killer with a bag on his head. And there's even more that I saw that I know is going to be in the second one. And I'm very excited to see uh, what come there, uh, you know, what comes for, for that movie now as uh, things that I there was a bit of hokiness but with it being a slasher oftentimes when it comes to slashes you kind of have to put that shit aside because that's not the main spectacle um, I could uh, yeah no, nothing 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 uh, Nothing too offensive, though, that's the thing. I'm not going to give it high marks, but there's nothing too offensive uh, in the terms of that That just totally took me out of this movie. Uh, I actually enjoy, really enjoyed one of the characters, uh, the guy who's constantly on AOL Messenger and stuff like that. I really enjoyed him, especially with him like tying everything together. He was a very uh, fun character, and I really liked the way they developed him. Uh, the, the main the main girl I did enjoy as well uh, a bit of stiff acting at times but I did enjoy her and yeah so as for my rating I'm I can't give it a five definitely not and it's you know I'm gonna give it it's a good movie so I'm gonna give it a free blanks because it's not great um it's kind of derivative you know I've there's nothing that you got to watch in this movie that you can not see in anything else or some places even do it better, but it's a good, strong movie. And I definitely recommend it. If you're a slasher fan, if you're a fan of the books, if you used to be an R.L. Stein fan 
and enjoyed Goosebumps and kind of want to step up and check something out else that doesn't kind of stop before the true violence begins, this is definitely a book for you. So definitely check it out, guys. And next week, I believe it's be July the 9th. So probably next Saturday, I will have my review for the second part. Later, guys, and take her easy. Sunday. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Productions. Daily movie review and got a haircut. Went to, the, went to go watch a movie at the drive-in here in Manitoba. I went to the Stardust Drive-In Theater. It's slowly becoming one of my favorite places to go to, even though it takes me an hour and a half to get to. Get to. So I checked out Hitman's Wives bodyguard a sequel to hitman's bodyguard directed by patrick hughes it is also starring of course samuel jackson ryan reynolds summer hayek and in this one it is uh introducing morgan freeman and antonio banderas because desperado that's that's pretty much it um so going into this i was halfway expecting this to suck because I enjoyed the first one, but it wasn't the movie of the year. It wasn't anything special. But the thing that got it was uh, Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds' uh, interactions. You had Samuel Jackson being peak Samuel Jackson. You had Ryan Reynolds being peak Ryan Reynolds. They shouldn't even name the char- you know, these two as characters. It should just be Samuel Jackson as Samuel Jackson, but he's an assassin and Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds, who is a bodyguard. That's pretty much it. There's no, the characters, there's no acting here. Well, there is, but it's mainly like a Christopher Walken style playing themselves, but doing really well playing themselves. And so this one, uh, it borders on parody. It borders so much on parody that it's, uh, yeah, I was like super surprised. I was like, Holy shit, this plot that they have could give a fuck. I've, I know it involves Greece and their whole economic downturn and that apparently they're going to destroy Europe. And I could give a fuck. I really could give a fuck about the plot line. It is mainly a device to put different people together and do action sequences. The plot line is, I would say, fifth here. Um, there's nothing in between, but it's just so crammed down there. But all it is is just a, a device for action sequences and, and everything like that and silly situations. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is, of course, his usual sarcastic self. He's almost bordering on Deadpool. Samuel Jackson uh, swears every half a minute. The one that really got the most laughs out of me was Selma Hayek because from everything I've seen, she, she she seems sweet and stuff like that. In this, I think she's the only one acting because she is absolutely insane in this movie. Every time she is so quick to fly off the handle and go insane that I couldn't stop laughing every time she did because it's just, I don't know. It was, I think she's like one of the highlights of this. Like the, there's a reason why she's, you know, it's, the movie is named after her. Well, her and uh, the bodyguard. Like, that, th- there's a reason why she's highlighted because 
everything coming out of her mouth is swearing and just her going nuts and it's perfect it's i really one thing i do like is the relationship between samuel jackson and Sam hayek in this movie because they're two absolutely insane nut jobs that are just trying to navigate and trying and trying to do a semblance of normal like they're trying to have kids that's that's pretty much the major plot line is that they're trying to have kids but for some reason stuff is going on so he's trying to be secretive and she's just going insane like there's there's times where she she flies off the handle at like the smallest of drops and it's so entertaining and then we uh, we also have it introduced here in Morgan Freeman uh, in what, which was a really funny uh, part as, as he plays the stepdad of Ryan Reynolds who was introduced as dad and I, I could see it and I was like hoping it was going to be a cameo or someone else but I, I like this even more and um, spoiler alert he is technically the vil- one of the villains and I really do like when Morgan Freeman f- plays the villain. He was in a Christopher Reeves movie where he played a pimp, and he's menacing. I also enjoyed him in Wanted, especially when he goes, shoot this motherfucker in his Morgan Freeman voice. Absolutely adored it. And in here, I like the way this they set up. Uh, he's kind of like a, a tw- an asshole stepdad to Ryan Reynolds. And then Antonio Banderas, who for some reason they made Greek, like, you know, he is very, in my opinion, Antonio Banderas is very Hispanic. He is pretty much the, um, when you think of like Hispanic action heroes, you think of Antonio Banderas through his stuff in uh, Desperado and everything like that. And here he is, apparently he's Greek. And of course, they, he has a background with Sama Hayat because of Desperado. And like I said, just... Uh, Plot, plot lines don't care. Uh, some of the action is over the top and fun. And this ain't high art. It ain't nothing, but it's a wild ride that is fantastic, especially for like a, a movie experience, a driving experience, or even if you just want to get drunk and just watch a silly movie where people swear at each other 85% of the time. So for my rating, this is going to get a free blanks. Um, it's not mediocre it, because of the strength of everybody involved. Uh, but that could be expectations. Don't, don't like go into this going, I'm going to expect this whole big character arc where it changes my philosophy on life. And that, no, no, it's merely a entertaining popcorn flick for you to enjoy, laugh at and stuff like that. So much so that I took my other half. She hates this kind of shit, but even she was laughing at this kind of stuff. So that's high marks. Um, that I might actually include that, like just like a Susie scale. Like if she does watch movies with me, I'm just gonna tell you because her her bar is so hard to like crack that when I do, it's like I've just won, you know, an Oscar because I've like I managed to crack it. So uh, thank you guys for checking me out. Uh, and I will, uh, I've got a bunch of new movies I got to watch for next week that I've kind of like left over the wayside. So tomorrow I'm going to be watching Tomorrow War.